we go. Zen Parenting Radio, number 35. This is Kathy Adams. This is Todd Adams, and uh, 35 is uh, the number of Neil Anderson. He was the running back that followed Walter Payton in the uh, twilight of his career. Neil Anderson kind of uh, was better than Walter Payton. When you said Neil Anderson, I thought of the man who walked on the moon, no. Neil Armstrong. I was like, what? how did he have a number? A Chicago, <laughs> a Chicago Bears fan knows that uh, Neil Anderson, number yeah. 35. I don't remember Neil Anderson. He was really good for a long time. I think he went to Florida. But anyways, I digress. Well, you know what we're going to talk about today? We are going to talk about what? Well, last week we talked about uh, our birth stories. And we kind of dove into all different areas of birth stories and birth and labor, et cetera. And we got a lot of feedback mm-hmm. about how, well, it was just fun to listen to stories. It made people think about their own stories, um, but also that we should keep going, um, that we should talk more, a little more in depth about miscarriage because we've experienced two, um, that we should talk more in depth about um, maybe not natural birth per se, but our experience with that. Um, talk more in depth about home birth, mm-hmm. uh, midwives, doulas, the the, the works. Just kind of go more into what we learned. There was unfinished business. Yes. From last week. Yes. I feel like we could have talked for another hour from last week. So right. We I were kind of just doing surface. Right when I was done. Speaking of surface, it's funny you say that because um, I think that the theme of our show will be the no lists show. Because we kind of make fun of how everything has lists. I know. Like you pick up a magazine and it says top 10 this. I know. Or you watch something on the internet that says top 20 this. And it's basically a tease to catch you and grab you so right. you tune in. We're not going to do any lists on this show ever, I decided. We're never going to do lists. No lists. Not even if it's like our top five favorite celebrities or something like Nothing that? Nothing even no like lists. that. Because okay. it is our... Um, it's our decision to go to show everybody that we can go a little bit uh, deeper. Well, remember on Seinfeld, their um, the actors on Seinfeld, their motto was no hugs, yeah. no lessons. Right. No hugs, <laughs> so their no show lessons. is all about we're not going to be huggy and we're not going to teach any lessons. Right. And so, which is not going to be us. But right. what we're going to do is we're not going to give lists and we're not going to give absolutes. Right. Because uh, lists is surfacy. Yeah. And absolutes are untruth. Well, exactly. And, Exactly, because I was going to say, what a list does is it'll say, here's the things you do, and here you go. Then you'll be at this place, or you'll be able to do this. Now, what I do believe that lists can do is they can be a guide. They can be like signs and arrows toward a Mm -hmm. greater truth. Mm -hmm. Maybe they direct you, Mm -hmm. um, but you can't get your information about how to parent your child from a magazine or a book. You can get a guide and maybe some ideas about how to go deeper into yourself. Right. But if you're going to say, I parent this way, right. then I think you will end up being lost because at some point you'll hit a roadblock where it doesn't work for some reason. That's right. And everything is about self-reflection. And exactly. if, if there's anything about this show, it is what we want to do in this show is give everybody the tools to look in the mirror and change yourself because when you change yourself, then things around you get better. Or if you're clear about yourself, mm-hmm. then the way you parent will be clear. Right. If you are unsure about why you respond the way you do to certain things, mm-hmm. if you're unsure about why something frustrates you, like when I give a presentation and a parent says, well, it just drives me crazy because my child won't listen to me in the morning because she wants to do it this way and I say do it this way. And I, and I my first question is, what, tell me, let's go deeper into why that frustrates you. And we keep kind of talking through mm-hmm. To the, to the layers because it's not your child. Mm-hmm. 
yes, your child may be being, uh, you know, not following directions that's in part, that moment. That's part, that's of, part of the part equation. Of it, but they're almost reflecting back to you what's going what's on going inside on of you. you. Yeah. So that's why children are mirrors. So anyway, should we go back into the birth? Let's talk about uh, the thing that I felt... Um, I kind of skimmed over it, but miscarriages. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe if you want to give the woman's point of view, or not the woman's, you give your point of view okay, thank you. on your um, miscarriages, and then I'll tell a quick story about our first one and how I learned from it. So Okay. And, you know, honestly, this is still, I wouldn't say it's a touchy topic, but it's obviously an emotional topic for me. Mm. I'm going to talk about it in a more matter-of-fact way than, than, it really I, was. than I probably would be in a room with just you or right. my friends. Um, but for the sake of just having this discussion and bringing this out in the open, um, I will say these things. Um, my miscarriage was a shock to me, my first one. Why? I didn't think that would happen to me. You because thought... I had that mentality of that happens to other people. That doesn't happen to and me. And you already had a healthy baby that was born. Two? So you... Yeah, I had two. You had two. That's right. It was after Cameron. So you had two. So you're right. like, there's no way that there's, this would this happen. Would ha and that, that was part of, that's what fed into it. Because I think in my first pregnancy, because I was such a bookie, mm -hmm. you know, I'd read so many books. I was so fearful about, oh, I have to get past this before I feel safe in this pregnancy. But because I had had two, my sense of safety or uh, my sense of thinking there wouldn't be an issue, you know, it, I, I felt safe right? and I was shocked and blindsided and, um, it wasn't a very good moment, uh, moments. And, uh, I think that the whole idea of not knowing what to do next, do I start over? How do I deal with this pain? And I think that I felt really alone, mm -hmm. um, which is why I ended up writing about it a lot. Because when I did start telling people, because it took me a while, I didn't even really want to talk to my friends about it initially. Right. I think I was embarrassed. Mm -hmm. um, which is a very normal thing for yeah, women to feel, which I is learned. kind of ridiculous. I mean, not not ridiculous, like I understand, but it's... There's so no reason to be embarrassed. Right. And it's not a mental. It's not like I'm like, ooh, I think I'll be embarrassed. It comes from deep inside mm -hmm. where that doesn't mean it's a correct feeling. It means that it kind of taps into something deeper about shame and right. issues like that. And and I felt embarrassed and I felt guilty. Mm -hmm. um, and so I carried that around for a little bit. And then I decided just because kind of the way I do things, I started talking about it. And then I was like... Oh my gosh, because every, almost 92% of the people I told said, I had a miscarriage too. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And they hadn't shared that, maybe with their closest, you know, their spouse, of course. And mm -hmm. But it was like this secret mm -hmm. that women were carrying around. Um, and I didn't like that. And um, don't you think it's healthy and helpful to kind of be able to have comfort that others kind of went through it also? Yeah, and I think it normalizes it. Not in it normalizes it like, oh, I don't have to feel pain because, sorry, it's if you have happen. a miscarriage, you have to feel what that experience is. It doesn't make that go away. It's that there's pieces of it where you realize that this is a... Um, unfortunately a common occurrence and it doesn't mean and i'm doing quotes in the air it doesn't mean anything per se it 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 just is um it doesn't mean that you can't have healthy babies it doesn't mean that everything from there that your body is flawed it doesn't mean it it just is what it is it it's i almost don't have words for it because i'm going to make it too simple right. and i don't want to simplify something that's so big mm -hmm. um but I think that what the discussions with friends and family kind of taught me was that we got to talk about this right. and we have to 
um, get that out of our system because if we repress that and push that down, those feelings of embarrassment and guilt and shame, um, that's not good for us emotionally, physically, uh, spiritually. And my way of saying that is it'll eat you from the inside out unless you, and this is something that's a work in progress for me and probably everybody else, but unless you let that out, it's going to end up biting you in the butt one way, shape, or form. It will. In the form of physical illness or emotional illness or just something. But right. what I want to do is go back to actually the day of your first miscarriage. Okay. And you called me and you're like, I think there's a problem. And, and I assured you that it wasn't just because I thought there was no problem. And then you got uh, verification that the, the baby did not uh, have, a heartbeat. have a heartbeat. And I was in Ohio for work and I raced home, obviously. And on the way home, you went to your sister's to be consoled and to be around people that you love and to... Did I? Yes. I don't remember that. You went to Christine and Drew's and on the way home... Chris was like, well, I don't, where, are you, where is she going to sleep tonight? And I kind of decided that it was best for our family, for the four oh. of us to be together. Right. And you kind of didn't want that. You no. wanted to be with me. Right. And you did not want to be with JC and Cameron. Does that mean you didn't love JC and Cameron? Of course not. Oh, no. But you just wanted to be with me. And I said, we're a family. We're, we're in this together. And this is the way that we're going to do it. <laughs> totally forgot about that. So, uh, so, um, that's what we did. JC and Cameron were with it, were at our house, and um, because we do things as a family, and in retrospect, that, w- right. that was a terrible idea yeah. of mine. Um, the reason it was a terrible idea is because although I had a sense of loss, it was not even on the radar compared to the sense of loss that you had. And I don't know, I, I don't even know how to explain why that is but your loss was much greater than mine was well i had already the baby was inside of me and i had connected with it in right a different way. on so many different levels so i insisted no we're a family we do this we we have good times together we have bad times together and this is what we do it was a horrible idea because you could not let yourself grieve in the way that you could with it if it was just me because you were thinking about jc and Cameron. the way that i needed to and i couldn't be there for them right you were no good to them they don't know what's going on they were too young i mean i eventually explained it to them in a way they could understand but in that moment it was i either needed to be all by myself or with you Mm -hmm. and to say no you need to rally and be on mom right here i am you just suffered this unbelievable loss and here i am telling you no, we're not going to do it this way. And it's not like... So let's let's talk about that. Instead of just talking... What, what was going... Because there's something going on in you um, that caused well, that well, response. Well, in me, I don't know. I, I just feel like if you're surrounded by your... The most important... If I am going through something very difficult, I would want to be surrounded by the people that I love the most. Mm-hmm. That so, But I put my ideas or ideals upon you when really I needed to be there and basically just do whatever you wanted to do. And this is an instance where I don't... And, and it's not like I insisted this is the bottom line. you kind of like, okay, if that's the way you think... Well, uh, I wasn't in a place to argue to, my point. Right. I was, um, I was a mess. I was a puddle. And so. it turned out it was in a bad mistake, in my opinion. And I think this goes to the point where I would want to speak to the husbands when it comes to this. Um, husbands, if this happens to you... All your wife wants or, or all you wanted from me is to allow you to be sad. Yeah. You did not want me to fix it for you. Talk you did me through not it. want me to console you. And when I say console, like reason why it happened. Be logical about it. Yeah. You didn't want me to be lo- And I was those things. I, I was logical and I did have JC and Cameron with us and it was a bad idea. So 
if now, but what I was trying to get you to, I'm kind of putting you on the spot, okay. but that's an intense place for you. Yeah. So do you think in some ways there was the logical and the let's all be together with the kids was a protection? Well, because I th- then the I intenseness think, didn't have to really occur. Or maybe it um, it distributed the emotion to be carried out amongst others instead of yeah. just me. So the more there are, the less I have to carry. Right, and you can take care of other people and be right. in that mode rather than really feel the intensity of that moment. And I know we're getting deep here, but I we do this a lot. When mm-hmm. we have emotional experiences, we, we sometimes dump it on other people or pull other people into the mix so we don't have to carry the burden of right. that emotional experience. And maybe I was doing that. I don't know. If I if I was doing it, I was doing it uh, subconsciously. Of course. But unconsciously. Unconsciously. But yeah, I think I may have been doing that. So then I don't know if we want to fast forward to your second marriage, sure. uh, miscarriage after Skylar, but I learned those lessons. And I basically, all I did was... I was just completely there for you. I just let you be sad. I let you cry. Well, what we were smart. We um, unfortunately we're kind of making this as if it was some occasion. It was another um, devastating experience, and I was actually by myself, unfortunately, this time because um, we, of course, thought nothing was wrong as yeah. usual. Right. And um, and there was, and so you came and picked me up, and we were with the girls. But then your mom came and mm-hmm. took the girls, and we. We left for like a day. Yeah. We just went and ate and sat mm-hmm. and I cried mm-hmm. and it was... Um, yeah, we were without JC and Cameron and in a way that was, I, I don't I don't want to say it sped up the process, but it allowed you to go, allowed us to go through that process together. And that doesn't mean everybody should do it that way. I mean, once again, it's all about how, what works for you. All right. we can tell the audience who's listening is what worked for us. Right. And and I think the bottom line is it's not about, okay, dump your kids, go be alone. It's that listen to what you need and spouse, partner, listen to what the woman needs. Mm-hmm. You know, if she wants to be with people, then you don't say, no, I mm-hmm. heard you need to be alone. Mm-hmm. You need to listen to what they need. Well, and I'm catching myself because maybe there's some women that do want to be consoled and say there will you know this happened for a reason and we'll have another baby maybe there's women that want to hear that That's you didn't be. you didn't want to hear that well i think the, the difference is is those things very very well may be true but when you're in a moment and i think anytime you're in crisis um regardless of what the crisis is you're in present time you're pushed into present time mm-hmm. and you are there feeling what you're feeling and being logical and saying, oh, you will have another baby, everything will be fine, pushes you out of that moment mm-hmm. and you don't fully experience right. it. And I believe that if you do not fully experience that, like have that cry or at least acknowledge what happened, it gets lost somewhere, it gets pushed down, um, it becomes unacknowledged. This is completely um, not the same, but you know, when a dog dies, a lot of people go buy a dog right, right away. Right, to fill the space. To fill that space. Yeah. And... I can't tell you that that works. That that definitely doesn't work for the way we think about things. Well, you got to grieve. You got to grieve. And if you replace, if you fill that space with something else, then that grief goes somewhere. I don't know where it goes. It gets stuck in your body. It gets stuck and stuck in you your need system. to let it out. I mean, another theme of this show is feel your feelings. Well, and can I, I'll go to a place with this get stuck in your body. For any of you yogis out there, um, you know that emotions do get caught up in your body. And I know for some of you who are listening, you're going, I don't know what Kathy's talking about here, but just hear me out. Maybe this will come to you again another time. 
emotions get in lodged in your body. They become a part of our system. They are us. Our emotions are things that we feel and they get invest, you know, they become a part of us. And, um, a lot of women, and I think men too, but like, tend to put a lot of their emotions in, it, they end up in their hips mm-hmm. and they end up in their jaw. Right. And a lot part of, uh, yoga is opening up those spaces and releasing mm-hmm. what needs to be released. And, um, and you can verify this. Um, there was a time, this was years ago, but when I was really getting intense with yoga and I would go to yoga and come home and be sobbing. Yeah. You would be and, bawling your eyes out. And you'd be like, home. what's wrong? And I would say, nothing is wrong. Mm-hmm. I just, it's, I'm letting go. And I didn't know what it was about. I didn't. But I think the thing is, is you have to believe that anything that is painful um, needs to go somewhere. It needs to be dissipated. It needs to be acknowledged. Right. Uh, the whole concept of positive thinking, I love positive thinking. There's no, affirmations are great. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you use them to say, I'm never going to feel pain, I am never going to feel grief, I am never going to feel anything uncomfortable, then you are not using them for health and wholeness. Right. You are using them to escape. Right. And if you can feel your feelings and release them, they will dissipate a lot faster. Right. They won't stick around, but it's that part it's, of life that we refuse to accept. Doing the work. Doing the, walking the walk. Right. And instead, we sometimes don't do that and we don't want to feel the pain. So we don't accept it and we pretend it's not there and it bites us in the butt. In a different way. In a different because way. Because it has to be acknowledged just like every little child has to be acknowledged. Every dog has to be acknowledged. Every And again, I know we're talking about different things, but just the whole concept of when something is real, it needs to be acknowledged. It doesn't need to be felt. I think a lot of people get worried about feeling pain and grief because they think it'll never go away. Right. But that's not truth. Right. And I, I've said that before on this show, but you can be sad and grieve and trust that that will work its way through and that our baseline in our life is joy. Mm-hmm. That is the baseline. So you can get back to your baseline. Mm-hmm. But it's if you decide to keep pushing things away, um, the baseline gets further away. Right. You know, And it doesn't mean it's gone, but it just means you need to... It's that much harder to get yeah. centered back in. Remember that uh, Everybody Loves Raymond when... What's her name? <laughs> I love that. I don't even watch. I didn't watch that show a lot, but Who's that was a wife's? great one. What's the wife? Deborah was Deborah. It? She's in her house by herself. The kids are gone, and Ray happens to look. He's outside the house. He happens to look in the window, and she's crying. She's sitting on the couch crying. She's bawling her eyes out, and Ray is kind of flipping out, thinking that he did something really, really wrong. So the whole episode is about him trying to figure out what he did. What wrong. he did wrong, and she. I don't know. At the end of the episode. She's like, I just needed to cry. And he's like, I know, but about what? She's like, sometimes I just need Need to to let things out. And, um, yeah, that's kind of foreign to me. I know. And I remember that's why that show has stuck with us because we talked about it a lot because I do that a lot where sometimes something that it's not something, it'll it'll be triggered by something, but it's not really that thing Mm -hmm. that I'm crying about. And I'll release or I'll hear a song and I'll start to cry or you'll tell me a story and the tears will just come. And, And sometimes it's like, well, it's we're this way with children too right. it that shouldn't have made you cry that's not that sad or right. why are you upset and it really is just a opening for us to allow a lot of feelings out regardless right. of what they're about or when they came upon us and i think that if we had more respect mm-hmm. for that right. and didn't think that that was a weakness 
uh, if we could view that as us cleansing our body and cleaning that's out. A, it's actually a strength. It's such a strength. Well, and it's to the be most wise. vulnerable. Yeah, and to be wise that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Because it is not wise to stuff down feelings. No, it's, it, it's ignorant. It's, it's, and, and it's not always of the mind. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times, like you've talked about that you um, have a great difficulty crying. And it's not because you don't want to. You just have a lot of barriers inside of you that are protecting you right. from that experience. Because it could be painful. Right. And you'll work through that in time. Like this is not something you tomorrow go, oh, right. okay, it's all gone. This is a process of um, getting through emotion. Never, Gosh, we're going really deep. I know, and that's all right. And thanks for taking the ride um, on With the depth. Us, yeah. Um, to, one more quick thing on miscarriages, yes. and then I'd like to move on. Yes. Um, if nothing else, I think the fact that that most people just kind of hide, they, they just they are embarrassed by it, and nobody talks about it. I just know that this is a theme for women. Like they feel right. like they shame themselves. Right. Don't be shameful. Seek out support and and get that support and talk about it. And it's just kind of even crazy. if it's your best. It doesn't have to be. It could be a therapist. Mm-hmm. It could be a coach. It could be your best friend. Right. It could be your spouse. It could be your mom. Mm-hmm. It could. You just talk about it and say these things out loud. And there's this sense of, and then the grief. Then you can grieve right. and and allow that to come. And it made for me. It took a couple of months. Right. Um, I don't mean I was crying every day. I was fine. Right. You know. I was well, going, you had good, it came in waves. Came in waves. I had good days. I had challenging you had moments. Really good days, and you had horribly right. bad days. Right. And uh, so, and then you have a chapter in your first book on your first miscarriage, yeah. and in your second book on your second miscarriage, and they're both kind of different. Well, and they're different. You know, I will share this that the first um, in my first book, the the article that I wrote about my miscarriage was me being getting strong enough to try again. Mm-hmm. Um, my the last miscarriage that I had. Um, it was healing because I was ready to move on. Mm-hmm. And those are very two different emotional experiences. And by move on, you mean to be um, done to, making babies. To not, to be done with um, reproduction. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how to say that in a different way. Yeah. Um, just to be done. And, and the reason, and as far as choice, because you never know what's going to happen in your life. Um, it's not a sense of, oh, I'll never do that again. Or, you know, that's, or it would be awful if we decide to have a baby. It's just, I knew after that experience that, I didn't want to go down that road again. Right. And um, and that was, and, and I don't mean the road of pain. I mean the road of I was ready to And each be one done. taught you a lesson. They did. And Well, more than one lesson. Right. So anyways. Big learning experiences. The parenting resource of the week is a movie called The Business of Being Born. Yeah. I would guess that most people have never seen that movie. It's a documentary. Okay. Um, and it's actually, the website is uh, businessofbeingborn.com. Right. Or just Google it. You'll find it. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, And it is a documentary about natural birthing, right? It is a documentary about the way that birth is viewed in Western society Mm -hmm. and where a lot of the ideas about how to give birth come from, where they originated, Mm -hmm. and why they're still around today. Mm -hmm. And that there's not a lot of questions today about why we're doing certain things. We've just accepted them as regular practice. For example, probably the biggest one is the fact that um, in in a medical model, birth is looked at as something that needs to be dealt with, Mm -hmm. a challenge Mm -hmm. that needs to be dealt with, or almost like an illness that needs to be cured. Right. Um, 
Whereas when you really, when you think about birth from a different perspective, it's a natural process that we need to allow. Right. So do you, you feel the difference in right. those concepts? Right, I do. Um, um, and, you know, just the whole idea of in a typical medical Western model, uh, the woman is laying on her back. Right. Um, with IVs strapped to her and all this other stuff. Right. And, um, and how unnatural that is. I mean, as a woman who's given birth to three babies, there's is laying on your back sitting there for four hours well that position is just an unnatural way to put when i say unnatural it doesn't feel comfortable in your skin at least not for you not for me and probably not for a lot of women like a lot of women walk around a lot of women lay on their sides they sit on a birthing ball they get into like a um you know squatting position they can get on all fours and this is going to sound foreign to people Mm -hmm. who haven't looked at these things it may sound like oh i don't want to do that Mm -hmm. I, you know, I hear what you're saying, but these are just the way that women's body help move mm-hmm. the baby through and help deal with the contractions that come. Right. If we're on the table, unable to move with an IV, we can't even listen to our body's signals to move, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of, move, you know, think about when, you know, you're feeling something you need to move or cry or, you know, and to lay there and be strapped down is really, what's the word? It's, um, unnatural. Yeah. So let's get back to this um, documentary that we were talking about, The Business of Being Born. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want you to take a look at it for yourself, everyone who's listening, because we can sit here and talk through what we saw. I think you can get it on Netflix. You can get it on Netflix, and you can actually watch the trailer um, on the website, and it's worth your time to just watch it. Even if you're done having children, it's not... It's good information. It's good information for future generations. And it's just another side that you don't hear about. So what I like to do is educate myself amongst different theories or philosophies and figure out what's best for me. Right, and these are based in such... um, it's not so much theory as it is taking us back in history and showing us how these things evolved and are they necessary mm-hmm. and are we brainwashing women <laughs> to think that their body is not capable mm-hmm. of giving birth to a child. Mm-hmm. And again, people, I have so many friends and people around me who have had really traumatic birth stories um, and I can't say that this is true for all of them, but many of them, part of the reason things started to not go the way they were supposed to is because a lot of interventions were put in place. Right. And so things started to go haywire because of the Pitocin or because of the epidural. And, and that's not true for everybody. Right. But those were some of the things that caused a break in the flow and then some people there was different issues the way their body was or what was going on with the baby or a breach those are different situations like it's good to have cesarean as an option if necessary i think where i am challenged is that cesarean is becoming more common than birth than natural birth or i won't even say natural birth than vaginal birth Mm -hmm. and that to me that causes me a little distress. And, and there's a lot of uh, liability medical doctor yeah. stuff, and they're afraid to get sued. So sometimes they'll they'll go this way instead of that way. Like there, right. there, I don't know where we heard it, but there's some guy from. There's some striking statistics that say the death rate in the United States oh is so much birth, higher is than so many much places. higher than right. many many other places. And there's this guy from Africa who watched a regular birth in a hospital, and he said. What is all this stuff? And he's talking about the amount of equipment that that goes, goes into a into... hospital room and IVs and monitors and all that. And he'd never seen it before. Like, weren't there clips or, or stories of women in Africa who just basically lean up against a wall? A tree. Yeah, he was telling a story about how women go to a tree, go by themselves, 
and give birth. Mm -hmm. And now a lot of women will say, well, that's not fair. That's not okay. But they're coming from the mindset of fear that it's this awful experience. And the thing that's really amazing is, is it's like what we were talking about at the beginning with the miscarriage. Is there pain? Yes. Mm -hmm. And your body, it does experience something. But you know what's at the end of it? This amazing flow of hormones and love and joy and feeling of freedom and strength. And so it's sometimes we have to, what's that, um, what does Richard say in Eat, Pray, Love? You know, if you want to get to the castle, you got to swim the moat. Right. Like if you really want to have this experience, mm-hmm. there are things, there are steps that need to be taken. The um, the fear of pain and the fear of having that experience um, is it, 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 it's difficult to reach the other side. Right. If it's not for you, it's not for you. Right. But this is just good information. Yeah. It opens your eyes. It opens up a your bit. eyes. It opened my eyes. Right. That's for sure. Um, I think that's a good way to uh, finish up okay. uh, the business of being born. So check it out. Um, Avid Company is our sponsor. They do painting, remodeling, and additions in the Chicagoland area. Please give them a call, 630-956-1800. And they're doing a fabulous job with our house. They are doing yep. such a nice they're job. They're putting a second floor in our house, and it's going splendidly. It so, sure is. Um, and then I have my movie line. So hang on one second. Hopefully you like the way these movie lines are working out, so go ahead. What is it? A gun rack? A gun rack. Yeah, right. I don't even own a gun, let alone many guns that would necessitate an entire rack. What am I going to do with a gun rack? You don't like it? Fine. You know, Wayne, if you're not careful, you're going to lose me. I lost you two months ago. Are you mental? We broke up. Get the net. There it is. That movie reminds me of you. Does it? Yes. It's a great movie. So uh, we'll put that up on Facebook, and maybe you'll win a free book. So this is Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. Saying have a great week. We'll see you next week. Adios. Adios.